Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to Simply Holy, the podcast for people who want to live a joyful life in Christ. And the very best way to do that is by imitating his mother, Mary, who loves him so dearly and is a great model for all of us to follow, men and women alike. Hey, I'm March Steinhake Fenelon, and today I want to talk to you about why the conversion of St. Paul matters to you. You ever think about that? Why does Paul's conversion matter to you? It's a fun, dramatic Bible story. But what does it have to do with you? Well, I'm going to tell you what it has to do with you. And this is the question I'm asking myself today as we celebrate the conversion of St. Paul. What does Paul's conversion matter? What does it matter? Well, do you remember the story? In case you don't, I do want to relay it to you won't be long, but I think it's really important to this podcast that I give you that scripture passage so that you can put yourself into that place and picture Paul being knocked on his backside, uh, knocked off his horse, knocked off his high horse, to use a phrase that uh, is very common for people who think too much of themselves. In any case, Paul did kind of think too much of himself in the sense that he was so sure these Christians all needed to be annihilated, killed outright. That's what he was doing. He was riding through the villages and pulling the, the Christians, men, women, and children out into the street and slaying them on his high horse. And I mean that literally and figuratively because he was so convinced that he was right and they were wrong, that they needed to be killed for their beliefs. Okay, so here's here's what happened in the scripture passage. So Paul was traveling to Damascus and he's going there. Why? Because there are Christians in Damascus and he's going to kill them, quite frankly, Well, as he's riding along, Jesus appears and literally 
knocks him off his high horse. Here's the scripture passage. On that journey, now this is in Paul word, Paul's words. This is from Acts chapter 22, verses 8 through 11. So this is in Paul's own words. On that journey, as I drew near to Damascus, about noon, a great light from the sky suddenly shone around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I replied, Who are you, sir? And he said to me, I am Jesus the Nazarene, whom you are persecuting. My companions saw the light, but did not hear the voice of the one who spoke to me. I asked, What shall I do, sir? The Lord answered me, Get up and go into Damascus, and there you will be told about everything appointed for you to do. Since I could see nothing because of the brightness of that light, I was led by hand by my companions and entered Damascus. Oh, so much going on here. I am Jesus the Nazarene. Can you just imagine, picture yourself, you're, you're busy about your day. Maybe you're at work. Who knows? Maybe you're with your family. It doesn't matter. But, but you're going about your business sure that this is the right thing for you to be doing. This is who you are and what you're about. And suddenly there's Jesus standing right in front of you saying, uh-uh, you got it wrong. Nope. He blinds you, blinds you and, then, and then sends you to a place where you're going to be told what you really need to be doing. And that's phenomenal. That's, I mean, just to try to even picture that much. But there's so much more to this passage. So here's, here's the first thing. So there's three details I want to bring up that are worth noting and meditating on from this passage. Okay, so the first detail is this. Paul asks, who are you, sir? Who are you, sir? Interesting. Who are you, sir? Well, of course, he's wondering who's talking to him, especially since he couldn't see the person speaking and his companions couldn't hear the voice. But we should be asking the same question of ourselves. Who are you, sir? Who is Jesus to me? Who is Jesus to me? Who are you, sir? What kind of relationship do I have with him? That's very important. Critical. Critical. Who are you, sir? Who is Jesus to me? That would be something to take into Eucharistic adoration with, with yourself. I said that kind of backwards, but I, I'm, I'm sure you know what I mean. To go into Eucharistic adoration and kneel before our Lord in his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the monstrance and ask this one simple question, Who are you, sir? Who are you, sir? And then listen. 
Listen to what Jesus has to say to you. Who are you to me, Jesus? Ask him that. Who are you to me? Who are you, sir? What does my relationship with you look like? Tell me. Tell me. As you see it, how do you see it? Lord, tell me. Show me. You would be amazed. You will be amazed if you do it at how much food for thought Jesus will give you when you ask that one simple question, who are you, sir? Okay, second detail. Only Paul hears the voice. Remember, his companions saw the light, but only Paul heard the voice. Well, why is that? Does that mean Jesus isn't powerful enough that more than one person can hear him at a time? No, of course not. No, Jesus is God. He can do anything. He could make the entire... Here, here's food for thought. He could make the entire world, every single person on earth, hear his voice at the same time. He could. He could. All right, so in Paul's case, so he's the only one who hears the voice. Why is that? Why don't his companions hear the voice? Well, that's because the voice was meant only for him. Only for him. Jesus' voice at that moment was meant only for Paul and nobody else. Only for Paul, not anybody else. So when our Lord speaks to me, in the depths of my soul, when our Lord speaks to you in the depths of your soul, he speaks in a manner that is meant solely for me. He speaks in a manner that is meant solely for you, and which only you will be able to understand. Let me say that again. When our Lord speaks to you in the depths of your soul, He speaks in a manner that is meant solely for you and which only you will be able to understand. So maybe everybody around you could see the light. They can't hear the voice because the voice is for you. It's yours. It's your message. Jesus's voice meant only for you. So it's as if, you could say it this way, it's as if, Jesus made, had made up a brand new language just for Paul. Nobody else could understand it. Nobody else could hear it. Well, it, it's the same for you. When you ask Jesus, who are you, sir? He will speak to you as if he had made up a brand new language just for you. Phenomenal, isn't it? It's your special language. Your message from Jesus spoken in your special language. That voice, that voice wasn't meant for anyone else, only for Paul. So that voice, who are you, sir? That isn't meant for anyone else but you. So they won't be able to hear it. They won't be able to understand the language being spoken, so to speak. Ha ha, pun intended. You see, because it's only for you. Spoken to your soul in a way that you will understand. 
Who are you, sir? And when Jesus speaks, he will speak in a voice only you can hear, in a language only you can understand. It's meant only for you. Now, the third, the third detail that I'd like to talk about, Paul was led by hand by his companions. Think about that for a second. Okay, yes, he was blinded. So it makes, it makes sense. It makes sense on a literal level. So he can't see, so he was led by hand by his companions because he had been blinded. So here's the point. While the voice was meant only for Paul, the journey wasn't. Okay? So while the voice is meant just for you, the journey is not. The journey is not meant just for you. Here's what I mean. We're all part of the body of Christ. Every single one of us, we're all part of the body of Christ. We all belong to him and to each other. And for that reason, we're linked together through our Lord Jesus Christ. Who are you, sir? We're all linked together in him. So what one of us does affects the others. And what the others do affects the one. I mean, if you look at it in terms of Paul's case, okay, what what one does affects the others, and what others do affects the one. What one does affects the others. Think of the damage that Paul did. Think about that. Murdering. I Who knows? Thousands of Christians? It was a lot. What one does affects the others. Now, on the flip side, look, think about what happened after his conversion. And he is enlightened by Jesus. He is given the full understanding of the Gospels and turns out to be what some have called the the world's greatest apostle. What one does affects the others, and what others do affects the one. The journey is not just for you. The journey is for others as well. What one does affects the others. What others do affects the one. So, look, we're communal beings. That's human nature. That's human nature. We're communal beings. We need each other. We need other people. We need other people simply for the companionship. But we need other people to journey with us in our faith journey. So I can't make it along my faith journey without companions. It's not possible. This is by God's design. This is by God's design because he made it such that we need each other. We grow together. We help each other grow closer to Christ when we truly live our Christ, our Christian faith. Okay? So I can't make it along my faith journey without companions. My family, my friends, 
spiritual advisors, my parish, the church at large, you, my, my listeners, my supporters, those who support my ministry can't make it along my spiritual journey without you. Well, also, you are a communal being, and you need others. Otherwise, you can't make it along your faith journey without them. You need your companions. You need your family. You need your friends. You need your spiritual advisors, your parish, the church at large. You need them. You need them along your spiritual journey to help strengthen you and because you're a communal being. We do better when we strive together. I don't mean that as a as you know cliche, but I mean that sincerely. We do better when we strive together. Because we encourage each other. We feed off of each other in a good way. We pass on or pass back and forth those those positive vibes and <clears throat> that feeling of strength and belonging. We need each other on our spiritual journey. So particularly when, like Paul, we've been blinded. Now, I don't mean that literally. I mean blinded by our own faults, blinded by our own shortcomings, blinded by our own miseries, blinded by our own hardships, blinded by negative people in our lives, blinded by tough situations, blinded by misunderstanding of the church, the gospels. So when we've been blinded by our circumstances or people in our lives or by ourselves, then we need, we need companions to take our hand from time to time and lead us to the next stop in our journey. So you need that. You need probably, I'm sure, not just one person, many people in your life who can take your, t- your hand from time to time and lead you to the next stop in your journey. Like Paul did. Now, this is not to negate. I, wanna make, I just want to be perfectly clear. This is absolutely not to negate the power that Jesus has over us, over our souls. I don't mean it that way. What I mean is that Jesus does not want us to journey alone. That's why he made humanity the way it is. This is why God created Adam and Eve and then said, populate the earth, all right? Because we need each other. We need somebody every once in a while when we've been blinded to come along, take us by the hand, and lead us on to that next stop in the journey. Because we can't do it alone. We need that just by our nature. Christ leads the way. 
Christ gives the grace. Who are you, sir? He is prime in all our relationships. No doubt about it. But he wants that we have other relationships that help us along the way. And I I just need to put in a little plug for our Blessed Mother because she is part of this. So who are you, sir? And Jesus sending others to help us along the way. Aside from himself, the most important person he has sent is his Blessed Mother. Remember from the cross, as he's dying, he looks at St. John, he says, Son, behold your mother. He looks at the Blessed Mother, he says, Mother, behold your son. He gave her to us as our very own mother. And he has, time and again, this has come about in apparitions and in our catechism, teachings of the Catholic Church, that the Blessed Mother has the privilege of distributing God's graces to us. She has the special privilege of interceding for us to her son. She's her mom. Think of all the things a truly good mother does. Okay? Communal beings. We need each other. We need a mom. We need a heavenly father. We need our Lord Jesus Christ. Who are you, sir? Who are you, sir? Isn't that an amazing way to look at the conversion of St. Paul? I think so. When we sit down, make ourselves perfectly still, put aside the craziness of life, even if it, just for a little while. I, I hope, please, oh, please try to go to Eucharistic adoration because I think the experience will be so much more profound for you. Sit there in front of our Lord in his real presence, maybe at Mass, after you receive communion, if you can't be at Eucharistic adoration. But then say, just take a minute and say, who are you, sir? Who are you, sir? And when Jesus answers you, it's going to be in a voice that only you can hear, in a language that only you can understand. Is that not incredible? Isn't that, I just think that is really something to think about. In a language only you can understand, in a voice only you can hear. Jesus may blind you. You may get knocked off your high horse. But it will be truly for the greater good. Something wonderful will come of that. It will be quite a shock when it happens. It will be inconvenient, unpleasant, probably. It could even be confusing, painful. I've had some situations in my life where I've been knocked off my high horse and it has been so painful. But here I am today, and I can honestly tell you that I am grateful for those times. I am so grateful to God for the times he has knocked me off my high horse. 
I guarantee you, you will be grateful if you follow St. Paul's example and don't be shocked, don't be afraid, don't be angry. Simply turn to Jesus and say, who are you, sir? And then listen very carefully to what he has to say for you, to you, because that message is only for you in your language. So every, every single day, every single day, not just when we hear the readings about the conversion of St. Paul, every day of our lives, we should be clearing all the noise out of our heads and hearts. And we should listen for the pure, sweet voice of our Savior. Who are you, sir? We need to be asking ourselves, who is Jesus to me every single day? Who is Jesus to me? And then we need to put aside our pride. We need to allow trustworthy, godly companions to take our hand and help us along and listen. Listen to the message that our Lord Jesus has for us and allow us to understand the language that he devised just for us. Let him speak only to you, my friend. Let him speak in the language that he devised just for you. And then finally, every single day, after after we say, who are you, sir? After we ask ourselves, who is Jesus to me? There's one final question that we need to ask. And we need to ask Jesus. And then we need to listen very carefully to what he has to say. And that is this. Just like St. Paul. We need to repeat the words of St. Paul. What shall I do, sir? That's it. What shall I do, sir? So much, so much to think about. So many amazing ways of obtaining God's grace. Endless, endless, endless. But speaking of endless, it's time to end this podcast. I am grateful that you have joined me. Thank you so much. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. And then I'm going to ask you, please go to my website, marchfenelon.com. Subscribe to Mary Mail, my weekly reflection. That will definitely, I promise you, it's about three minutes long. It's about a three-minute read. Definitely will lead you closer to Christ and his mother definitely will help you to live a joyful life in Christ. That's MargeFenelon.com. If you go there and subscribe today, you will receive a, my, a, a copy of my free ebook, a download of my free ebook, Nine Prayers I Say Every Single Day. These are nine prayers, powerful prayers, and I do say them every single day. You don't have to say all nine, but I know you will find these to be a tremendous resource and 
a great help to you as you continue on your journey. What shall I do, sir? So God bless you, my friend. Check out margefenelin.com. In the meantime, please remember that the only thing keeping you from living a joyful life in Christ is the excuse you make for not pursuing it.